Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Um, I hope you're having a good week. We just got to Laventana, Mexico, and I can't wait to get my first wing foil session in. Um, if you haven't checked out our last episode, it was with Sarah Kita Ofringa. She needs no introduction. Uh, she's the PWA world champ. Uh, she joins us from Cape Town in between training sessions to talk all about her first wing foil sessions, how learning how to foil was like, uh, what windsurfing cloud break felt like, competing on tour as a young, at a young age. And we also talked about her home spot of Aruba and how that would look like for wing foiling and downwinding. Today's episode is a special one. Um, it's called the GWA Show with the tour manager, Tom Hartman. That's our second episode in this series. Um, so on this episode, we're going to talk about the upcoming 2024 season, their first tour stop in Cabo Verde at the infamous wave spot, Ponta Preta. We're going to talk about what that feels like to wing foil in that spot. Um, we're also going to talk about all of their other tour stops, go a little bit, give you some insights into the tour, also into the different tour disciplines. Uh, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Lastly, as well, they, the tour has had a lot of questions about how can I compete? So we include a section at the end of this episode about that. So don't forget, if you want to support our show, there's multiple ways to do so. The easiest is to follow us on Instagram or YouTube. Um, and also on your favorite podcast provider like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five-star reviews are amazing. They help our show grow and they do go a long way. If you would like to help us a little bit more and go into the day-to-day, um, visit www.winglifepodcast.com and click on support us where you could donate a few dollars or hump on a monthly subscription. All right. So without further ado, here is GWA show episode number two. Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. Hey, Tom, thanks for joining today. We're, we're stoked for your upcoming 2024 season. Uh, looking forward to chat about that today and see what's coming up and get everybody excited for it. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me again, Luke. It's always a pleasure, another third time to, to be guest on this podcast and uh, I hope so far we were able to deliver some interesting insights on the world tour and other things, you know, happening in the around or myself or things I do and, and, and the world tour events, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy to tell you more. Obviously we are just, uh, uh, a week away from the first event of the season and, uh, there's going to be straight away a banger, I think, and a highlight to start off with. So I'm happy to give you a little heads up on what's going to happen. Oh, that's awesome. What is the first tour stop for those that are still just getting to know the GWA? Yeah, we're going to kick off the event and uh, the, the tour with our first uh, pure wave event in one of the best wave locations there can be in uh, Ponta Preta in, uh, in the island of Sal on Cape Verde. Um, for those who are, I think, into wind water sports, it's definitely a name that rings a bell. Um, it's a, I mean, from a from a from a competition point of view, it's pretty much the best wave arena you can have for a competition. You know, it's a it's a it's a point break right hand. Uh, it's it's a very good surfing barreling wave, long wave. Uh, when it comes cross offshore, the wave breaks are very close to the beach. It's amazing um, and amazing vibe with the spectators too. Um, it's, it's, it's easy for us also on the judging side on the live streaming side to put on a good show for those who are not on the beach. And, um, yeah, it's obviously the wave events are always a bit tricky, uh, because you not only need weight, you also need the perfect waves and like in a lot of spots, it's not working every day. So we have a, quite a long window of mm-hmm. 10 days. Um, we're running this event together with the kite world tour. So we're going to have the kite. World Cup in waves and the Wingfield World Cup in waves within these 10 days. Last year, we needed for both, I think, five days of competition. So it's all doable. But of course, we need as well. There is an option B spot uh, because you never know if you're going to have um, the waste break very close to the rocks. And when the sweat is too small, it's not rideable really because it breaks straight on the rocks. 
on the other side of the island, you have Kite Beach, which is also a very uh, known place with, uh, let's say, a bit softer wave, a bit further away from the beach that mainly catches winds well and works nearly every day. But it's not as powerful and, let's say, not as radical. And um, so in case we wouldn't get conditions in Ponta Preta, we will run competition at Kite Beach. But obviously, the goal is Ponta Preta. And, you know, last year, it was the first time ever we run a wave event on the TWA and yeah, that was in this place and nobody knew what to expect. And I think it's been one of the best shows the tour has put on last year, definitely. And um, therefore the expectations are pretty high. Uh, what Which we could also see on the number of registrations. Because uh, last year we had, a, we had, a, we had, a, yeah, the, the wave events are limited to 24 uh, riders maximum per gender. Because uh, otherwise, it takes too long to run the competition. The wave heats are long. If the wind is light, it can be 18, 20 minutes heat. So it's not like a freestyle where it goes that quick. And if you have 48 competitors, you're just never going to finish. Uh, therefore, it's limited to 24 athletes. And last year, we had a, a little bit more uh, of 20, than 24 that wanted to get in. But this year, we had more than 60, uh, more than 60 athletes wow. that wanted, wanted to get into this event. And it's been a pretty tough selection, I have to say. So the, the entry list comes together with the, the entry allocation uh, is made out of the top uh, top guys from the ranking. So the top 12 guys from the world ranking 2023 are pre-qualified. And then you have uh, video wildcards. So all the people who are not in 12, 12, uh, top 12 ranking, they can submit their videos regardless if they have competed last year or they've never competed. So we want to open it to newcomers that haven't been on tour as it's still quite a new discipline. And there's a lot of good guys out there that haven't competed yet. Uh, they can just send in videos and then the best guys out of the videos get selected as well to get into the comp. And then you have GK, GWA wildcards um, where like our sports committee picks, uh, let's say, also... Uh, considering videos, considering past results or yeah, big names or you know, talents that we want to give a chance. And then you have also two wildcards from the local organizer. But we also want to give a chance, obviously, to some local Cambodian riders uh, to compete in the World Cup. So that's how the 24 come together. So we have actually a lot of guys that are very high level that could make it in the event yet. They are still on the waiting list. So if you know somebody pulls out, mm -hmm. gets insured, misses a flight, whatever, and we have a replacement list that people can come in last minute. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been the highest number we have seen so far on our registration hey, on, on on wave events. So yeah, it just shows the the interest in the discipline is pretty high. And I think also last year, you know, a lot of people were not sure if it's actually weak foilable in Porto Preta. Maybe didn't dare to go. But after seeing, you know, the action of last year, there's a lot of people who, who are keen and hungry to compete. I can't imagine being on that thing and how radical those things can get. So you have 12 that are already guaranteed spots. You got the next 12, which 10 of them get picked from video and different wild cards and you're saying two of the 12 get picked uh for the organizer okay so you had 12 spots to fill then exactly so half of them came in from the ranking and the other half through video selection wild card. and what age what ages and then um women and men equally kind of thing or uh now we have we have a lot less women um on on especially on this event i think the reason why we have um, a lot less women that registered is obviously it's quite a challenging spot. I think it's not for everybody. And I don't mean that the women cannot, you know, conquer this spot or cannot handle the conditions. But, you know, it is, it is, it, it, it can be a bit intimidating that place, you know, especially when it gets big and you get washed, you, you definitely go on the rocks every time. It's a, it can get rough out there and it's maybe not for everybody. And that's probably the reason why, uh, yeah, we don't have so many ladies signing up for that event, but we have very good ladies that are going to be in the competition. And um, yeah, it's 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 a place for for people that don't know the spot, I think, or never ridden it, maybe on a kite or a windsurf or a surfboard before. 
Uh, it's definitely a place that needs a bit of... This episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico. If you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram, you'll have seen that. I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding. We got a 10 kilometer downwinder done with my buddy mickey from salt spring island today i got in an epic one with my friend Britt. um we went from latuna all the way to the beach and back um heck of a fun time if you're looking to learn there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at saladita kite school they are positioned at latuna and now that i've been here a little while i've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots it is one of the more beginner friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks. Um, they do offer professional jet ski assisted kite and wing foil lessons. Um, so once again, they're at Latuna. So if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there. So you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn how to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. They got top quality gear as well. Uh, so don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting saladitalaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at Saladita Kite School. At Saladita Kite School. Training to get used to. And, uh, but oh, you need to get used to that wave. Yeah. yeah. But it is, it is, it's amazing. Yeah, my neighbor went to, to Cape Verde a couple of years ago and he was just explaining it to me like we were in Kingston, Ontario and he's like, see this lamppost, it's 10 feet away from us and then it hits this thing and it goes to like 10 feet and it jacks up and it barrels and he's like, and he's one of the best windsurfers out here and he's like, I said, yeah, I went and played in a different spot or he caught the shoulder and something but it's like um, just how he was explaining it with his enthusiasm as soon as I found out you guys were hosting an event there, I was like putting those dots together. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think you do have to spend some time and get used to that wave, obviously. Um, but as for ages, like what kind of demographics are we looking at here? We got some young chargers or some people that are a bit older. Yeah, we got a good mix. I would say in average, we got a bit older guys than in the freestyle discipline for sure. Um, okay. but, um, so the minimum age for all the disciplines is the same, which is 14 years. Um, we had a few people younger than that, that wanted to enter but as I said the minimum is 14 years in the world cup for any discipline and yeah. we we got a couple of young guys at that age 14 15 16 that are ripping no question and they're not scared um but the average is probably around 20 to 25 uh i would say right. so it's a bit a couple of years older than on the freestyle discipline that's in any of the water sports like that. I think in waves, it's not something where you just go out on the lake, you know, and train every day. Like you could get the level quickly and, and play with the big boys within six months from zero. This needs a lot of experience and you need to be able to understand surfing, to read the waves. And I think a lot of the top guys definitely come out of other sports as well. And we're professional in other sports like windsurfing, like kiting, like SCP. You know, we got Benoit, Carpentier. He's, a, I think, a world champion in SUP. Uh, we got Kali Siari. He's been a world champion in windsurfing. We got guys that compete on top of the kite tour. So all people that know waves well and have ridden waves for years, maybe on different equipment than the wind, but uh, they definitely know what's what's happening and, and what to do in certain situations. And in a, in a spot like Ponta Preta, it's not a place that everybody has in front of its doorstep and can train, you know. So, yeah, uh, you're right. local knowledge will 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 play a big role. It's expensive to get there, and as I said, it's not a place that is super consistent. You know, the Cape Verde has great conditions, but the window in the year, the period where the conditions are really firing quite regular, is short. I would say. It starts December, then you have January, February that are really good months, and in March it starts ready to get less. And that's it. So we, there is a lot of people that go out during those months, like January, February, to train. Uh, and then when it's on, I can tell you the spot is crowded. I mean, when there is no competition, that spot is full with Erdogan, Machu, like all the top kite guys, all the top windsurfers flying. You know, this is a place where even if you want to train, it doesn't make it easy. And and uh, on, on those days, you've got to have 30, 40 like, top guys, world best guys out there on any given day. I mean, I know quite a few people that live in Europe, and as soon as they see a forecast, they jump on the plane and fly to Cape Verde just for a week to score as well. 
Um, so you have to deal with all that. And there were, I know quite a few of the riders already out there for a while um, to get on, get some training in. We are excited, definitely, what the, the event is going to hold for us. Um, it must be pretty special for everybody coming there because they can actually have the rot, like the whole wave to themselves, right? They're not competing. They only have a couple people on that set now rather than having like 50 people in the lineup. Like how must that, that must probably be why you have so many people trying to get in, right? I think that's actually one of the main reasons why people want to compete at that event because that's the only, that's the only time you can ride Ponta Preta with two people in the lineup. <laughs> at least for 20 that's minutes. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's like in any that's in like in any surfing competition in pipeline or any good spot you know? it's only for the top guys that privilege being with surf no. um, yeah for sure it's, 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 this is uh, last year there was a feedback from some of the writers as well they said like, oh, it's awesome we're wanting just you know I just want to ride more heats because that's the only time I can be out there 20 minutes only with one other guy in the water and nobody else can yeah. take weight. How are the conditions looking? Like, you, is there a good groundswell coming? Like, yeah. how are things lining up? Yeah. I mean, we're still 10 days away uh, from the first, nine okay. days away from the first day of competition. So, forecasts are obviously accurate, but we know things can still change. But especially, I think the swell forecasts are pretty uh, predictable. And uh, it looks like we can get a pretty decent swell in the beginning of the window already. Like not on the first day, but on the second, third day, probably it looks like a, a good southwest swell, a, a good northwesterly uh, swell. That's what you need um, to hit the, the reef perfectly. Um, so because Sal is an island that runs from north to south, you have to imagine like that. And Ponta Preta is basically on the west side, uh, on the south end of the island. So the waves need to wrap around the whole island and hit with a westerly direction onto the point, and which is not happening all the time. But when it happens, Ponta Preta has the cleanest waves because that's the southern, most southern point on the website. Uh, well, not the most southern point, but let's say um, the the given the given bay uh, just shapes the wave running into a bay and really clean. And um, yeah, it looks like we're gonna get some good uh, some good waves in the beginning of the winter for a couple of days. But as I said, we have uh, we're looking with kite and wing footing together, uh, running five to six days of competition. So um, last year we had this for five six days, and then the other factor is the wind, and the wind is a bit more unpredictable. I mean, usually it's not a place where the wind is really strong in Cape Verde. Uh, it depends a lot of the direction. The wind is very offshore in Ponta Preta, like not 90 degrees, but close to 90 degrees it can be. So sometimes really hard oh, wow. to catch okay. waves. And okay. depending on the direction, the more north the wind, the better, because it's less less offshore, it gets a bit more side shore and easier to catch waves, but also the waves are maybe not that clean anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm confident. 10 days is a good window in February, you know, nearly half a month which uh, should provide some good conditions. Um, I know from the organizer that lately it's not been like a lot of amazing days, but he told me the forecast looks solid. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. How big of a wave are you guys hoping for? Like um, what's your, what would be your ideal to run this? What for to be people honest, on there? Well... I would say that the bigger it gets, um, the easier it is actually the wave. You know, it is more scary uh, because obviously the wave had a lot of water, and if you crash, it's a lot of water that you get on your head and takes you onto the rocks. But first of all, it it breaks further away from the rocks. You know, the smaller, as I said, it needs a minimum size, and if we are close to that minimum size, you basically. In a couple of turns, see the bubbles in front of you coming out of the rock. And that's not what you want to see on your foot. Uh, you don't want to hit mm. in the bottom turn. You want to touch down on a low tide and hit the rock at the bottom turn. Um, so the, the bigger the waves, the farther away from the beach it breaks. And it is more safe, so to say. Um, and also the wave starts to, to slow down more. The bigger the waves are, you know, the cleaner the swell is usually the waves 
There's a similar situation here in Mauritius in one eye. You know, um, a lot of people say, well, you, well, you really want to wing foil when it's big. I said, yeah, well, yes, because that's the only days where it's actually the speed is doable on the foil uh, without the power yeah, of the wind meter, right. you know? And, and uh, so the bigger, I would say, the op more open the faces are. But it is more tricky to get out. Once you get hammered on the rocks, it's bigger of a mission to get, make it back out and, and catch another wave. So I think we want to see it big. Um, maybe not too big because, I mean, it's nice to have a good show, but we also, let's say our first practice, we don't want to put our athletes in too much risk. You know? We don't want to no. put them out there knowing that we're going to have a few severe injuries uh, due to the conditions. Um, so I would say um, if we get a good double overhead, that's pretty solid. And that's something we look for. But I know Ponta Preta can't get more than that sometimes. And um, I don't think seeing at the forecast is going to be very, very huge. But uh, well, at the moment, my interpretation with the forecast to see on the peak of the swell, we could see maybe three to four meter faces. And that's already decent. Is there a channel to get out there, or do people have to kind of meander through that set to get out? Yeah, there is. Especially a, for it's, a, it's a it's a point break, as I said, and uh, yeah. Yep. So so you the thing is you're launching, so you have the rock. The points are there's a point with rocks where the waves break into a bay, and at the end of the bay you have a sandy beach. That's where people get into the water. Okay. The only thing is Fair at enough. the beach break, yeah, you can get out. The waves are not breaking. There's a small beach dump on the end, but this you need to time a bit to get out. But um, in the bay, the wind is very light, as I said, it's really offshore. So sometimes you need to swim out for a couple of meters to get into the wind zone and, and, and start. So you need to time a little bit to swim out. You're not getting out straight jump on your foil and be able to fly and get out. Sometimes you can, but most of the times you need to you struggle a bit on the way out, and that makes it a bit harder. But the good thing is, yeah, normally if you crash, either you get on the rocks. And we, I mean, we had last year. I was surprised. I think I said that in one of the other episodes already. I was actually uh, surprised that um, with all the people that went on the rocks last year in the competition, we had not that much damage. Uh, maybe I saw five broken wings because when the waves catch the wing. And wow. they, they don't break the tube right on the impact of the wave, which usually doesn't happen. The wing always floats on top of the wave. So the wave pushes the wing up the rocks, and then the water pulls out, and the wing stays in the rock. And somebody, it always helps us on the beach, grabs the wing and takes it out. So, um, And then the, the athlete comes out of the water, has to climb up the rocks, which is a bit more tricky with a foil. But at least he doesn't have the wing anymore, gets the wing, and then usually goes down to the sandy beach and starts from there, which takes a bit of time. So if you don't get on the rocks, then usually the the, uh, the current takes you actually into the channel and you can start back out. So okay. Okay. Is, you don't need to you don't so, need to cross a massive beach break. That's quite convenient, I would say. That's <laughs> nice. So that event is coming up the window is February sixteenth to twenty fifth. Yeah. Um, so that's your first one that's coming up in, yeah, I guess just a little bit over a week. So that's pretty exciting. Um, now you have, for this year, you got 10 events on your website here. I'm just looking at the World Cup. So do we want to run through those and um, yeah. just do a quick little highlight of what's going on? So you got your first one, Feb 16th to 25th. You're in France, uh, April 6th to 14th. That one been confirmed. And then we have a few TBCs. So maybe for those folks at home that aren't understanding that, um, what what does it mean when they're to be confirmed? Yeah, so TBC, as you said, means to be confirmed. And um, just to make that clear for everybody, we give a confirmed status to an event as soon as a contract with the event organizer is signed. But not only the event contract needs to be signed, also the first deposit payment uh, for the event needs to be paid. Once it reaches this phase, then the event is 100% confirmed on the calendar and also blocked off. So the dates are blocked for the organizer. Nobody else can do an event in these dates and also uh, exclusivity for the region if the organizer wants that. So nobody else can do an event for the Wingfoot World Tour in this year in the same region. Um, 
but due to let's say you know cash flow problems or restrictions because a lot of the organizers uh, also wait for their money uh, a lot of the events are organized or financed funded not organized but funded by the by the public side so tourism money uh, to promote the destination as a water sports place uh, a lot of our events i would say have 50 percent of the funding comes out of uh, the public money and uh okay, and, and then uh, or some some of them 100 percent but um, it depends, but a lot of them want to promote their the region, and obviously the 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 government or tourism funds chip in budget to run the event, and uh, they are also late with the payments to the organizer, so they don't free up their budgets that early, and the organizer doesn't want to take the risk, for example, to pay upfront before receiving his funds from the sponsor. So these deposit payments can be a little bit delayed and not be paid at the same time like the contract is signed. And that's why okay. you, you will still see quite a few events with PBC. That doesn't mean that the event is not happening. I'm quite confident, but it's maybe not an event where a contract and deposit payment has been received yet. And that's why okay. um, you still see a TBC. But you can see a lot of these events are regular events that we have on tour. We have a strong relationship with the organizer. We know that it's going to go ahead and I'm quite confident that we're going to have it confirmed in the next couple of weeks, uh, especially the ones in the first half of the year. Um, All right, that sounds good. So there's more, so a few little administrative things, and it's a little push to the tourism departments to get on that because we want to see some wing foil <laughs> action. Yeah. But uh, but thanks for clearing that up for those at home who are, who are wanting to know more and more about the tour. It's kind of a good point to notice, actually, that, that this is also... Um, to, uh, great tourism opportunities um, for those local governments and whatnot. So that is that is kind of cool. Um, so we got ten tour stops. Um, any kind of highlights or anything that you want to mention? I know we went over Cape Verde, which we're stoked um, to see. Um, yeah. Let's maybe wrap wrap up that one first. Um, live stream. We had a couple questions from the audience about asking about some drone footage. Like, what would that uh, look like for our first event? Yeah, our first event will be live streamed. I mean, we are trying to 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 have as many events live streamed as possible, but there are two restrictions to it. First of all, one is budget. You know, if, if organizers live stream is not a cheap uh, a cheap service to do, <laughs> and uh, it's also you know to go a little bit behind the scenes. If you know the budgets are not unlimited and 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 organizers have to choose between different options where they spend money, uh, live streaming is, I would say, live streaming is a great tool to reach the the core audience, not diehard fans that that want to really follow their their favorite athletes and you know want to see that live and when the action is happening. But there is a lot of people that maybe don't look at live and rather look highlights or for tourism you know for tourism boards it might be more interesting to produce tv content for mainstream media to get a lot of coverage in in mainstream media where you're not reaching you know maybe 10 20 30,000 people watching a live stream but you're going to reach millions sure. of households on tv and that's why they don't emphasize on putting money out for live stream and rather spend it on tv distribution so this is a bit depending on the organizer. That's the one side. Um, and the other thing is that in some places, it's also technically pretty hard to do because you might have really weak internet in a very remote place or the competition is very far away and makes it really difficult to install cameras the right way to keep the quality. Because we... Um, we are running our live stream in a way that we think, you know, if we stream, we want to do it on a good quality. We yeah, very we, sure. We, we yeah. don't we don't want to live stream if the quality is not on the standard that we would expect from ourselves. Uh, I think we rather don't run a stream and focus on other media um, out outputs. Let's say of other media products if the live stream cannot be run on a certain quality. And you might have some destinations where, uh, yeah you're lacking with into we know we have hard time with the internet because you you're running on a i mean we have a starting system we have a satellite connection all these things with us on every event but this is not allowed in every country you know for example you go to some country starting oh, is not allowed to, right. to, to to bring it to the country 
this is the same reason for drone, for example. Um, if you're going in Arabic countries, you cannot bring your own drone. So uh, we would rely on drone pilots that are local and we, you know, hiring a drone pilot for a wing foil competition that might never have filmed wing foiling um, might be useless. You know, if you know who it is and you can work That's with true. the people, yes. So these are reasons why, um, you know, sometimes you see drone footage, sometimes not. In Europe, usually, um, yeah, most of the events that we stream, they have all these features. Um, it depends a bit on the discipline as well. I would say uh, for for our slalom, free fly slalom discipline, that drone is, is, is absolutely crucial. I think to follow live stream slalom, drone footage is the way to go. You could do it, everything without yeah. any other camera and just use drone, one or two or three drones. But when you are in a wave competition or freestyle, um, I don't think the drone footage has so much add-on value because you wouldn't see the tricks anyway. And you know, you couldn't fly it that close to see the technicality of each move. And it's nice to have a few shots of a drone just to see the spot, yes. Um, so these are reasons why we choose the live stream is very similar every time, but sometimes um, yeah, we, we, we can do certain things. And, um, and in some events we can't do the live stream for budget reasons or for technical reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. But you guys are still putting out, like I like the fact that you're only putting out certain level of content that makes complete sense. And then if you're looking to grow the sport and on that, like putting it out to TV with a bit more of a polished kind of feel would make complete sense to me that that yeah. makes sense as to why you guys would do that. And yeah, there's a lot of rules, a lot of regulations. And we're not just dealing with our back door here. We're looking with different countries, um, with different politics and different policies. So that completely makes sense. Um, so we got your 10, 10 tour stops. Yeah, we are going right after. We're after a month after Cape Verde. We are heading to Leicat, one of the classics, uh, an event that's been on the tour since the first year. Um, the Mondial du Bon, it's a very famous water sports event within Europe that's existing for, I think, 25, 26 years. Has hosted several windsurf world cups, speed world championships in windsurfing, kitesurf world cups. And, and the organizer, we have, I know them for a long time already. And they, you know, since wing falling is on the seat, they were straight away keen to get wing falling as their main. It's a multi sport event with all these different sports included. A lot of spectators too. It's in the Easter holidays, usually expecting, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big event village there, usually. 60,000 people visiting the event, so it's a, it's a oh, big no happening way. in in Europe, and um, it's a nice event to go. It's usually it, it's a it's a place that can be can show condition wise all faces. You know, it's a it's known for the strong tramontan, which is a, a wind coming from the mountains blowing offshore up to forty knots, and then you can have south wind, Whoa. which pushes also some waves and comes onshore. Um, and you can have a lot of sunny windless days as well. So it's not a it's not okay. a place where you have a regular wind system. That's why the okay. event this year gonna be also eight days. So last year we yeah, we had like one really good day and the rest of the days it was uh, on the light side. So this year we extended the event period by two more days to give it a better chance of getting more strong wind days. And uh yeah, it's always a nice event to go, as I said. There's a lot of um, attention on this event within Europe. It's the season opener. Uh, it's in France, which is the biggest market in the foil sport anyways. So um, there's always a lot of uh, strong French riders that want to come. There's a lot of interest from public on the beach seeing uh, the action. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And a lot happening around it, you know, on the on the village you know, with, with uh, attractions for, for kids or... or yeah, it's it's if you are around, definitely come by and and enjoy the event. Uh, it's, it's something to to check out, I would say. So that's April sixth to the fourteenth, and that's going to be a surf freestyle. Um, and then we hop over to Spain uh, in free fly slalom. It's going to be a two, two oh, free fly slalom as well. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, you're right, free fly slalom it, too. Okay, it's a two discipline event. Um, then we're heading good prize to money. Yeah, good price money. Uh, yeah. And uh, we had then to Tarifa, Spain, which is also a classic, okay. being on the 
being on the on the GWA Wing for World Tour since the first year. Actually, Tarifa was the second event we ever did in the Wing for World Tour. Even in 2020, we started in Brazil with the first ever event just as a tryout. And right away in the same year, we did just before New Year's in the Men in Tarifa, the first Tarifa Wing Pro. Yeah. And now we are going into the fifth edition already of this event. And uh, it's going to be only surf freestyle. And last year we're running this event in October. And this year we're moving it to May, um, which is, uh, yeah, Tarifa is a water sports mecca as well. And it's getting more and more important. It's been dominated by kite surfing, I would say, the past uh, 20 years. It's grew, it got popular with windsurfing in the 80s, known as the windiest place in Europe, the mecca of wind. And uh, it's right in the Strait of Gibraltar, so it's a lot of strong wind days. The last 20 years, it was dominated by kitesurfing, and now wing falling is growing and growing in this mecca and getting more and more popular. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good event where we have a lot of people that want to compete usually as well. One of the most popular events, the lifestyle in Tarifa is awesome. It's the south of Spain. There's a lot of parties, good food, uh, sunny oh, days. Yeah, that would be nice. So. Um, yeah, a very, very popular place that I love to go myself a uh, couple of times per year as well. So easy destinations to get to as overall. So if you're like at home and you're like, I want to book a trip, um, we're going to jump over to Puerto, uh, we're going to jump over to Mexico next, apparently I kind of yeah. talked today, but uh, <laughs> Puerto Vallarta, we're going to go there next. But um, all these places like finding spots to stay all that kind of thing obviously they're pretty good destinations so anybody from home if they want to have a uh, like a trip it'd be kind of cool to catch a live event while you're there that could be a pretty pretty fun activity for the family and stuff oh yeah sure i mean this i think a lot of people that come watch the event that not only come to watch the event but also ride for themselves no they get down there yeah, to Tarifa, absolutely. stay there for a week get on the water check out the competition chat with the pros and go for a beer afterwards. We're always trying to involve us a lot of social activities besides the competition where we connect with, you know, all the fans and all the Wingfoot community in general that, you know, loves to be around. So this is a, an essential part of our events. We're not, we're not trying to run events and shut off our athletes and they are, after doing their heat, they go back in the room and you'll now see them. Um, yeah, they, they, they love to socialize as well and... Uh, Everybody who wants to join an event is keen to meet uh, our athletes or the crew um, anytime. Happy to see you Beautiful. Guys. So the next one we're looking is a surf freestyle, May 14 to May 19, Mexico. This is going to be a kind of a cool spot. Yeah. It's a cool spot. It's a new spot. I haven't been there myself yet. Um, it's still not confirmed, this one. So okay. um, I I would say we're in, it's, it's, it's on a... 50-50 chance right now, but we will very soon. We are still waiting for the budgets to be confirmed. Um, the We're probably going to know very soon in the next one, two weeks um, if this one is going to go ahead or not. Um, but uh, yeah, the organizers put a lot of work in the last two months, I would say. And uh, yes, it's, it's looking quite positive so far, but uh, yeah. We're depending on budget. As I said, it's an event that's also combined with a kite event. It's not an old wing for right. event only. So it's going to be a GKA freestyle event as well, which means it's a bigger event and therefore also bigger budgets are needed. But it would be awesome. It would be the first time to bring the tour to Mexico. So let's see and keep our fingers crossed that we'll manage though. What kind of conditions can we expect from that place? It is a surf freestyle, so... Um... Yeah, it's a it's a place that I would say has similar conditions to Tarifa. Wind coming mainly from the other side, but it's a flat. It's a big bay. It's a it's a quite a touristic place. It's very popular. It's a beautiful place um, with uh, a lot of people on the beach. Lots of hotels. Um, we have uh, choppy flat water. I would say it's not a wave spot. It's a it's it's a flat water spot. But it's within Mexico, one of the most popular water sport uh, destinations. Okay, good to know. Good to know. All right, then July third to sixth, uh, surf freestyle. So we're hopping over to Spain. Yes, we're hopping over to Spain. Um, the to our Canary Islands leg. Ooh. That's uh, getting yes. you know, more and more uh, popular. 
you know, we've been kicking off uh, the first event that we ever did on the Canarians was actually in Lanzarote two years ago. And then uh, last year, we were not in Lanzarote. We were in Gran Canaria and in Fuerteventura. And this year, it looks like we're going to do all three of them back to back. So we're taking oh, man, our sweet. to the Canary Islands and then do one competition per week with a few days in between to travel and, you know, relax. Um, so that's always an exciting leg. I mean, Canary Islands, everybody who's been there uh, knows, you know, you go there in the summertime, it's just windy every single day. It's a really reliable uh, destination when it comes to wind. And that's also one of the nice destinations, as explained before, where uh, the event fundings come out of the tourism because Canary Islands have a lot of water sports tourism. It's probably the most popular destination in Europe, even though it's quite outside Europe, but it belongs to Spain and has a lot of flight connections from any country in Europe. It is... I would say the place to go for any wing foiler, kite surfer, wind surfer in the summer months. Um, and, uh, and therefore, it's a great marketing tool for those islands to have World Cups. And it's not only wing foil World Cups, they are hosting wind surfing World Cups, they are hosting kite surfing World Cups, everything happening around that time um, to make sure uh, they um, secure their position on the on the water sport map and it's cool it's a great setup you know it's 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 a it's a it's a cool place with uh yeah as i said a good community lots of things happening around water sports and we don't have on this event calendar yet but i guess this question will come up as well and this is the youth world cup uh which is also going to happen in the canary islands um but we haven't put them on there yet because we need to finalize the last details but we're going to be back in uh, the island of La Palma, uh, which is another one of the Canary Islands for the Youth World Cup the week just before Lanzarote. So for that reason, okay. a lot of these youth athletes that also want to or get the chance because not everybody will be able to enter the World Cup can do the Youth World Cup and then go on and do the other two stops as well. Um, so basically, we're going to have four events, including the youth event, one month back-to-back in Canary Islands. With different disciplines, hey. I mean, in Lanzarote, we're going to do surf freestyle only. It's a short event. And then in Grand Canary, this is going to be the Grand Slam and definitely also one of the highlights of the season. Oh, because yeah. Grand Canary is known to be, I don't know if it's the windiest place on earth, but it's among the most windy places on this planet, especially at that time of the year. Um, I would say... 30, 35, 40 knots is happening on a nearly day-to-day basis in Gran Canaria and Puerto Izquierdo. Um, you know, it's known this okay, spot as the, the, the how, do you, how do you call it? The castle of windsurfing, of strolling windsurfing. Always been known for oh, that. Yeah. And uh, last year we've been running our first big air event there. And uh, we're excited to get back there for Big Air as well. It's going to be surf freestyle, Big Air, and free flight slalom because there's hardly any place in the world where you can boost uh, as big airs as in Bozo Izquierdo and Greg Canaria. Oh, yeah. And that jumps into a little bit of Red Bull. We got Surfer app as well that you guys were using last year um, to measure those jumps and stuff. So you got a bit of cool, cool stuff coming up this year as well, right, with those two? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, Red Bull is partnering with us for the tour this year, um, supporting us on on the events uh, with athlete zones and, and, and general support. And uh, as last year, we've been starting this cooperation and uh, the special uh, event last year in Gran Canaria was the, the, the big air discipline where we used the devices of the Surfer app uh, Surfer app is a uh, yeah. It's there's not the only one, but it's let's say a very easy to use uh, application that you can use on your phone, um, which basically uses the sensor of your phone, so you can wear your phone in your wetsuit while you're on the water, and the app will record your jump height, but also other data like. Uh, the g-force the speed the takeoff speed the landing the travel distance that you have on jumps 
It was uh, originally designed for kitesurfing, um, but it's also used in windsurfing and wingfoiling now. And we are work, working very closely with those guys. They are from, from the Netherlands and they are a great team. Very keen to push the technology to the next level. And um, yeah, we've been in, we will be implementing a couple of new features with them this year throughout the season. Um, um, I don't want to talk too much in detail about it yet. But yeah, we can wait. Know. We were talking to Daniel and uh, Herbert, like the, exactly. the founder, and then also Daniel. They're coming on the show, so they're going to come and kind of give some information coming up as well as to what they're working cool. on and uh, and expand that because I know they got some cool stuff in dev right now, which we're going to wait to share. But it's going to be super fun to talk to that team and see how they're working with you guys. So that that's... That's good info for all of us at home who want to jump our two feet and our one feet. But you know what? We need that app to tell us, man. <laughs> we got to see. No, they're great. <laughs> These guys are great. And I'm happy that they come on the show that I don't need to step yeah. into, their, into their resort. No, and no. I leave it all to them to explain what's going to happen because I didn't want to take anything out here too early. But it's going to be exciting yep. stuff. I mean, we were very happy. We last year, you know, we were also not sure if it hasn't been tested. We've been falling so much before, and we've been working with them closely with athletes of our tour to, you know, to to improve the algorithms on the app and 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 make the the measurements as exact as possible. And it's been yeah, it's been a great tool. I think also I hope for those people who who've been watching the live stream, following the the data that that came out of the of the of the of the watches yeah that's what daniel was saying because i think he's heading out to the first event um in cape Verde and stuff um i believe he's heading out to see you guys or something but anyways where we talked but uh there is some cool stuff coming down especially but we're gonna wait to hear it from them first but okay so you got some three so you got surf freestyle big air and then free flash solemn's gonna happen in grand canaria so that's july 9th to 14th yeah. It's also and I wanted to, 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 to emphasize on that as well. That free flight slalom last year was awesome. You know, I think this discipline we had been constantly developing this format, you know, and, and adapting it to the different spots that we are running. And we've been running it in you know in Leichhardt and Flatwater in Lightwing. We've been running it in Grand Canaria in in, in forty knots on, on two meter wind swells, like having massive long down downwind free fry section where you're not allowed to use the wing for a kilometer, just you know reading the ocean and and, and, oh, and using fun. the and using the pumps so that was amazing to see last year. That was that's the ideal scenario for the format that we are running actually. That it's just a couple of buoys where you're jiving and then you need to free fly and and really use your foil in the most efficient way to read the ocean, connect the bumps in the fastest way. And you can see the guys who have a lot of practice in this, they can, you know, take on a hundred meters over other guys that just try to pump. And lose all the energy yeah. while the guys are just gliding. So this is the really technical part in this discipline. And I think in Grand Canaria for me this was the highlight to watch. You know that we were in, in Brazil uh, last year, where in our final event we ran surf freestyle this uh, free fly free free fly slalom discipline in a lagoon in Cauipe, which is oh yeah, we talked about that. Not bigger yeah, than a swimming pool. So not, not not bigger than a swimming pool. You know so. You would be standing on the beach, and and those guys would be blasting two meters in front of you, but the flat water. And we had really because the the pool was so small, we we couldn't like have a lot of people in the water at the same time. So it was super technical, and that's what I love about this discipline. It's really versatile, and in the end, it really adapts to the conditions we see on the certain spot. And in the end of the year, the rider who is the most complete in all the conditions is the one who's hopefully becoming the world champion. I think it's a really interesting format, and I'm really happy that have we we have such a diverse uh, range of conditions throughout the different events on tour um, to be able mm-hmm. to test all these all these uh, all these formats and develop them. Uh, so well, yeah, you yeah, got to ranking... work on all aspects of your game. Yeah, you can't just come with one set of skills. You got to come and develop all these different aspects, like the most rounded athlete. Super cool. Exactly, and also equipment wise, you know, you, you can see yeah, that still true. a lot of the a lot of the guys, you know, they're bringing their prototypes and they don't know. They are testing every heat, maybe different front wings, which would be more efficient on on the, on the downwind swell or. You know, we're not focusing our forward is not very upwind orientated. We have some short upwind elements sometimes in it, but it's more just some tacks. 
we're not really having elements where you need to to do 500 meters upwinds so the angle of going upwind doesn't matter so much but you still want something that's fast and has a lot of glide basically and that's what a lot of the the end consumers actually look into it for you know they want to have something that is fast with amazing glide that can pump that they can you know surf on the smallest bumps so i think this discipline helps a lot in, in in getting the right equipment ready obviously the top guys are using uh, a, a equipment that probably not every uh, regular customer would really buy in a shop but yeah in the end of the day you you can buy a production for it and be competitive in this format and that's what is important oh that's cool yeah because i just did a massive downwinder in laventana i was there last week and i'm heading back there for a couple months and hopped on some brand new axis gear and did like a 6K downwinder on their stuff. And then we climbed all the way back up because we didn't want to walk. So did like a 6 or 8K upwind and it took us an hour. Um, did it from Brit there. She works with Axis. And just, I could see, it was my first time doing like a real official downwinder, right? So I can see the that tie into free fly slalom because that was, A, yeah. it was tiring. Like my brain was maxed after a couple kilometers. She said, you're good to go. She said, you want to climb back upwind? I said, yeah, we're going to climb back upwind. I'm going to grit my teeth. <laughs> but I could see like all the the mental fatigue and the strength training that has to come into something like this because this is, you're focused 100% the whole time. And yeah, um, yeah so there's like, it's a, like it, it helps me have a better understanding of all the training and stuff that goes into it. Oh, of course. And the tactics as well. I mean, yeah, that's uh, true. That's that's yeah. the what size of foil to go on, and what all this stuff do I use this one or that one, or what's my tail doing? Or yeah, like pumping it's wise, a lot about, all that. Especially, especially on the free fly section. I mean, we have these on every course, but if you have um, a course where it doesn't have a lot of wind swell and it's rather flat, it means you need to pump in the free fly a lot. Pumping obviously is easier on a bigger front wing, but a bigger front wing is slower. So you need to find the right balance of a fast front wing that is still doable to make the free fly section without coming off the fall, the foil. Oh yeah, and uh, and, uh, and that's where we can see really different approach. You know, some you can see a couple of riders going on really small foils with a lot of speed, but might get stuck on the free fly because when you're not you know the rules are you cannot use your wing once you're off the foil and you're on the board you can grab your wing and you can pump yourself on the foil again but this costs a lot of time so oh you, yeah you lose five ten seconds or more if the wing is light and uh, you might be overtaken in that time by somebody who is on the bigger foil and just glides next to you, you know although his ground speed is slower good to know Good to know. So that's coming up in Grand Canaria. Um, Free Fly Slalom is going to be in Fortaventura as well. So that's July 1924. So that's going to be a heck of a good month for you guys. That's going to be super fun. Um, and then we hop over to Morocco for your Pure Wave. We got two Pure Wave disciplines back to back. So September 27th, October 6th. Dakla, that's a pretty sweet spot as well for yeah. waves. That was our final last year of the waist discipline. We crowned our world champions there. It's an amazing place for wing foiling. Um, it's 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 I would say a similar setup to Ponta Preta, point break, even longer wave, but softer wave. So it's definitely an easier wave than Ponta Preta, but a lot longer. I mean a lot longer, but let's say definitely a couple more turns. And uh it's just a really, really fun. Uh, place to ride on a foil as a surf foiler, as a wing foiler, as a tow foiler. And uh, we have a pretty, you know, convenient setup with a hotel with the main sponsor right on the point. So just walking out of your hotel room, check the waves. Most of the time, the boys are surf foiling until the wind kicks in and they blow up their wings and then they get wing foiling. So Dakla, uh, definitely one of the top spots, in my opinion, for people who want to ride wing foot in the waves. And, All right. Uh, yeah. So we're back there. And then we have another wave event in Iberaquera this year. So with our organizer in Brazil, we were running last year in Sacarema, the Mecca of surfing on the same spot like the WSL. We were running the wing foil and also together with the kite event again. So all these wave events are actually combined with kiting. So the GKA and the GWA 
um, come together on those wave events because it makes sense once you have the setup there, you know, judge how everything's in place. Um, it is, it just saves costs. You extend a couple more days and be able to run both disciplines. Um, and uh, yeah, we were last year in Sakarema and Sakarema, it was amazing, you know, it was amazing and it has, it had good waves, but it is a place that is not the most reliable of the wind. We were very lucky, I think, to get the conditions last year in Sakarema. Um, and it did get really challenging. I mean, when Sakarema gets big and we got it big last year, it's not a place where everybody can make it out. You know, the wind is very light on the inside, strong currents. You can have five, six meter waves basically on the beach break. Um, Whoa. So um, we're adding this year to Iberaquera and decided to organize in Brazil. Anyway, we wanted to go also to another spot. General, that's his idea to do it every year in a different place. Iberaquera, for those who know Brazil, is known as probably the best place for wind sports in the waves in Brazil. Um, it's yeah, a very a consistent, uh, windy and wavy place in the south of Brazil. So we're going all the way to the south. Um, and uh, there have been competitions already in windsurfing and kitesurfing in this place. Uh, we're very much looking forward to this one and have really consistent conditions. And uh, yeah, Brazil is anyway, it's always a good place to be, uh, always good vibes. So this is also the place we're going to crown our world champion in the wave discipline. Yeah. Beautiful. And then our last tour stop, another yeah. spot in Brazil. So 19 to 24, surf freestyle, and our last free fly, slalom. Okay. Exactly. This is our final event. I mean, we have still, I can say, uh, two, three other events in negotiation that you will not see in a tour calendar yet that might still okay. get added. But I don't want to, you know, talk too much about it yet until things are not a bit more certain. Um, but it looks like Brazil is going to be the end of the tour with uh, surf freestyle, free fly slalom. And this year we're going to change. We've been in Sierra in the same state, northeast of Brazil, but we're going to take the, the tour this year to Jericho Aqua. I think it's also named a lot of people know. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's on my list. We got, exactly. Amazing place for, <laughs> yeah. for, for week falling too. Good vibes. Yeah. So we'll, we'll run the final there. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this one as well. I think it's going to be a fun one too and it's you know November is the season to be in Brazil uh, it, it always amazes me when you fly to Fortaleza which is the main airport in northeastern Brazil around October November you get out of the plane you get to the to the luggage belt of the airport you cannot believe how many board bags come out of each single plane that arrives <laughs> oh, yeah. in the airport yeah I mean mainly kite bags because there's so many spots in Seattle it's windy every day and there's yeah. Hundreds of kilometers of coast. There's so many spots where you can go, and they're all good. And now wing flooding gets more and more popular there as well. And you see them more. It's a great place for downwinders because you have strong winds, side shore blowing the whole coast. You can downwind for, you know, the, the, the Brazilians, they love these downwinders. They do this sometimes for days, hundreds of kilometers with stopovers in different hotels. So there's plenty of opportunities. you got lagoons with flat water. Um, it's just a place to be, uh, I would say, in that time of the year for any water sports enthusiast. Okay. So that looks like a pretty, pretty fun year ahead. Um, is there anything else you want to kind of touch on to introduce the year for, for everybody at home? No, I think we, um, last year we introduced two new disciplines, a bigger and the wave discipline. This year we continue with what we had last year. So, um, but I think uh, it was very successful last year and we were happy with what, how things went down. We also had a lot of talks internally, internally with the crew, internally with the riders uh, through the past two months. You know, the last event was in November, not December, January. We didn't have any months, any any competitions to, you know, also fine tune rule books, uh, you know, see um, if we, we want to improve the disciplines a little bit. We're going to have some events, small amendments, I would say, obviously, the sport involves. In the free fly slalom, we, we're going to change a little bit the format, not how course is going to look like, but just the competition format. The idea is to to make it a bit more exciting also for the media, you know, and, and 
basically run the format in the way that uh, it all ends up in one big final where it's all about the winner of the event rather than having, you know, at the moment, the, the class, we run it in the classic format, so you're running eliminations. So each elimination have a couple of heats and then you have a result out of each elimination and get points and then they get counted together for the event result. Um, but you don't know if it's going to be three, four, five, six, seven, or 10 or 15 eliminations. So you just run as long as you have, you know, and we, so you never know if a final is happening, if it's going to be the last final. And we want to adapt that a little bit more into, let's say, a format where you know, okay, it's final stay. This is the last heat where it's all about the title and, uh, of the event and, and make it a bit more exciting. Because in beforehand, you know, you had this uh, format where in the end, after six, seven rounds, uh, you know, it might not have a lot of changes anymore because maybe the first guy is already so dominant that it doesn't matter what happens in the last two, three eliminations anymore because he has won already. And uh, in a freestyle wave competition, it's not like that. You can be the best guy putting on the best wave, the best tricks until the final. And then if you just don't perform in the finals, you still don't. You still don't yeah. win. Yeah. So, yeah, we want a bit of a similar excitement on the slalom. So basically, you know, it's all getting decided in the end, and and um, there will be then uh, we will explain that maybe in a separate in a, in a sure. in the next episode um, when the the first free fly event will be in Neukart. But there will be some changes to that, and um, yeah. Besides that, we're excited obviously about youth event. Uh, we, I mean, the young generation is pushing more and more, and we see more and more young people um, getting into that. And uh, yeah, as I said, a few more things are in the pipeline that I don't want to mention now, but uh, when they get realized, we'll talk about it. We That's can be patient. Stuff. I want to not advertise the tour, but I also want to explain a little bit, maybe because we get this question a lot of times. Uh, emailing to our secretary or to myself how people can actually get into the tour and mm, as good, I explained point, you know, um, because the level is rising and we have more and more competitors that want to compete um, so there is obviously as I explained events there is a, a certain number the majority of people qualified for the ranking so they have ranking points from the previous events previous years and then and then the top guys of the rankings they already get into the events but because we want to keep them open to anybody who is a newcomer as well, every event has video applications. So if you want to get into a freestyle event, um, we have an app. Uh, it's called the GWA Riders app. So if you go on our website and you go to an event, click on the event page, you will have a button when the registration is open. We usually open the registration around eight to ten weeks before the event. Registration is open for four weeks and close it four to six weeks before the event, depending a little bit on the calendar. And then, and then the, the start list is selected. So within that month of open registration, you can go on that button. You can set up an account if you're not a writer, have to have an account yet. You set up a GKA writer's account, and then you can enter this platform. And as soon as a, an event is open, you can register and you can upload video clips as well. So for example, for if you want to write a wave event, you need to upload three or four video clips of singing waves that will be all scored and evaluated by our judging panel at the end of the net registration is closed and then the video wildcards are selected. Um, another way to get in it is with, uh, with a qualification through a continental event. So we, um, you can, you can, we have continental championships, not in every continent, but if we have it and you are performing well in the continental championship, it will straight give you points to be uh, chosen for wildcards for for World Cup if you're entering, if you have a good result there. So it goes from continental into World Cup. And then there are also organizer wildcards. So each event has um, wildcards for the local organization that are meant to be for people from that country. But it's up to the organizer to decide who he puts in. So if there's an event in your country and you feel like you want to compete there, you can contact the organizer and ask him if he would be willing to give you an organizer wildcard. And if you can convince him, however you want to do it, then you, you can you can 
maybe get a, a wildcard granted and he'll put you on the event as well. So these are the different uh, opportunities. And once you get in the, into a World Cup, you collect, you always collect some points. It will be increasing your ranking and it will make it more easy to come into, into the next events as well. And then obviously there are events that are more popular and more people want to get in and it's harder uh, to get a place. And there are events where you have a little bit less people because they're in more remote areas or for other reasons. So I can also advise sometimes people don't try to get only like let's say in these like top events with all the top guys like Cape Verde Wave event is a classic example everybody wants to compete there it might be easier to get into another event in Brazil or in Dakla and also these events are actually pretty popular but just saying it is it is also there we have long waiting lists but you can try to get into some events more easy collect points that will help you to get into other ones and uh, yeah Feel free. I mean, uh, don't be scared. Uh, it's a it's a great experience, I think. And if you get the chance to compete, then take it and uh, make the best out of it. Definitely, yeah. That would be was, well, I guess, something you bring along with the rest of your life forever. It's pretty cool, especially at those spots when you get to like not have to share them with anybody, like we were talking about before. <laughs> that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> and the better you're doing the competition, the more hits you're going to have on the water. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so that's it. <laughs> we yes. heard it from here. All right, sir. Well, hey, thanks for joining me today and um, for introducing 2024. Stoked to chat to you soon about, uh, about the next news and about next comings and goings of the tour. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, let's see what's going to happen in Cape Verde. And, uh, Darn right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up at some point in the season again and uh, wrap up what has happened and uh, bring up some more news. Sounds good. All right, Tom. And hey, thanks everybody for joining us on this one. And uh, we will talk to you all soon.